0: Welcome into tailgate. Austin Gill here with Mike Renner and Sonny Cincinnati. You freaking love to see it previewing all of the week 14 NFL games also at the back end of the show an interview with Illinois safety Kirby Joseph. Let's get it. Okay, I think I fell in love today.
1: Oh, that's a I've good fallen, change pace. I've fallen in love with Finland's prime minister. Okay, this one, yeah, I mean, hard not. To. Finland's
0: prime minister, 36 years old, went out clubbing till 4 a.m. Left her phone at work, phone at home, and was unreachable by text to tell her she had to go into quarantine. That is the energy I need. I need that energy. I need clubbing till four AM at thirty six. She's thirty six years old. Yeah, young for probably for a prime minister. But that's See,
1: I need that don't okay. give a fuck energy. See, so you want that until she's clubbing until four A. M. without you and then you don't know where she's. My she is, take is though, then... it's not even so much that the clubbing aspect, right? Do whatever you want,
0: but in her position yeah. to still want to and actively club till four AM just shows the type of vigor. That I need in my life. I need that level. I don't give a fuck. I need that level. Because you got, if you're clubbing until 4 a.m., think of even just some of the smaller, minor things she's willing to do freaking in her prime minister role. Maybe club till 12 a.m., go out to bars on a Monday night. Like, that's the type of, again, I need that energy in my life. I fell in love with a
1: finished prime minister. I think we know what that energy, what you're referring to.
0: Yeah, I think that's, I'm glad. I'm glad.
1: I'm sorry that you're not on board. I'm not. I do not need that energy in my life. I'm a little bit older than you, though. That's true. I need a little bit calmer energy at this point point. 31 years young right oh yeah 31 years
0: young let's get off the finish prime minister and into this slate a freaking sweet slate of games there's a lot of really good games to talk about yes. i'll start with steelers vikings vikings favored by three a lot of injuries in this game and both these teams are like slightly on the outside looking in to make the postseason right now the Steelers would be the eighth seed so just the first team out and the the Vikings would be the ninth seed competing for that seventh seed in the NFC I do think this is a must-watch game despite Ben Roethlisberger yeah. being a bottom three graded quarterback this year that offense being bottom five in EPA per play I, feel, I still think this is a must-watch game and a game that the Vikings should win by more than three at home yet 70% of the cash bet on this game is on Pittsburgh. What the hell am I missing? I know Dalvin Cook is questionable. Mm-hmm. Adam Thielen ruled out. Bet all the Justin Jefferson overs. I think his total is set at 92.5 receiving yards, 7.5 receptions. Why is 70% of the cash on this game on Big Ben and this shitty-ass offense?
1: I mean, it's the Vikings and their shitty-ass defense Fair. is why. I mean, they're missing.
0: But both these defenses don't, haven't been like exceptional this year. I mean,
1: which one do you trust more, though? I trust Pittsburgh. I, I think it's, I think it's I a little obvious more. which one we trust a little bit more. Uh, Adam Thielen banged up; he's going to be out, and you saw what that offense looked like against a Lions defense with only Justin Jefferson. And so, if that's the only guy you have to worry about, which shit, that's the only guy you have to worry about once Adam Thielen's out and Dalvin Cook possibly out, that could be that could spell bad Kirk Cousins, bad Kirk Cousins on prime time. We've seen this story before. I'm going Steelers in this one. Really? You're going
0: Steelers? I'm going Vikings. Even with Adam Thielen out, and I know a lot of the effort or the focus for the Steelers' defense will be on limiting Justin Jefferson. I think there's still enough there for the Vikings to win and cover the three. It's just objectively, in my opinion, the better team. I think the Vikings are a better football team than the Pittsburgh Steelers with a better quarterback, a better offense. And the defenses. while Steelers have been better, are not like, the Steelers are not a juggernaut, right? They rank bottom 10 in EPA per play allowed so far this year. Their offense ranks bottom 10 in EPA per play, both bottom 10 in efficiency. I like the Vikings. They should win this game. We're even with Adam Thielen now. I don't know how much the line has moved since that was announced. I kind of want to check. Does that move the line at all for Minnesota on Thursday night? No, still minus three. Could even, no, it's out to minus three and a half now, even mm-hmm. with Thielen now. I, I'm, I'm riding with the line movement. I am riding with Minnesota. On to the Sunday slate. Starts off a little bit of a stinker. Falcons, Panthers. Whoa. Panthers favored by two and a half, with I believe Cam Newton starting. Joe Brady is not starting. Joe Brady fired this offense in shambles. I this is another game where I don't really understand why Carolina is favored by two and a half. I know they're at home. But the Falcons, the stability they have, and I know we talked a lot about Calvin Ridley. Stability? Stability compared to the Panthers. Panthers have been like three, four different quarterbacks. Now we're going to be under their second offensive play caller. Not a lot of stability on that side of the ball. The only thing stable in Carolina is their defense. Top five in EPA per play so far this year. This is where I see Matt Ryan, the Atlanta Falcons, Kyle Pitts, who's been awesome this year, goes in. As the dog, not only covers the two and a half, but wins. I like the Falcons to win this one.
1: I do not. I do. I think the Panthers win and win big. What? The Falcons offense. Here's the last four games. Here's the last four games back. Falcons offense. Last week against the Bucs. So they score 17, but one of those is a pick six. So that's 10. Week before that, 21 against the Jags. Jags of all people. Zero against the Falcons. Three against the Cowboys. This offense has they're right they they are competing they are neck and neck with the Jaguars that game 2 weeks ago they're competing neck and neck for the worst weapons in the NFL and yeah. with Calvin Ridley out you have a rookie tight end is your best is your best weapon no offense in NFL history and has, Russell Gage has been good with a rookie tight end as their number one option they're like they are throwing out guys who are not seeing the field for the vast majority as their number one receiver are not seeing the field for the vast majority of NFL teams so that is why you're going up against the Panthers. Patterson are getting for no love, days. by the way. Okay, well, he's the best running back in the NFL. Best running back in the NFL. But, according to you, but running backs, as we say, not as important. I was not going to say don't matter, but not as important. So, Panthers, I don't care if their offense is equally anemic. Their defense is still very good, and they have a lot of corners. I just don't see the Falcons being able to move the ball. to yeah. be a bad Matt Ryan.
0: I, I do think that while I believe in PFF Falcons here, the difference in defense is going to be a problem because the Falcons' defense has been horrendous this year. And even if with Cam Newton and the, and the inconsistency on offense for Carolina, it might not, it doesn't matter when you're cutting up warm, you know, yeah. warm butter on the other side. I think Falcons could be struggling. I'm going to stick with my pick, but you have convinced me to, to think about it differently. <laughs> Ravens at Browns, another two and a half point spread. Browns at home coming off a bye are two and a half point favorites over the Ravens. And 77%. Of the cash is on Cleveland. Yeah, Ravens are in a bad spot. Marlon Humphrey on the injury reserve. They are banged up as hell. Lamar Jackson in this passing game is in a rut. That's obvious. Lamar Jackson admitting that they're in a bit of a rut against the Blitz. Under pressure. Turning the ball over. Fumbles, picks. All of it. Baker coming off a bye. Can we pray he's like 90% healthy? 85% healthy. And if so... I think they are the healthier team at this situation, especially when you consider the, you know, the pre preseason injuries that the Ravens have suffered. Cleveland should win this game, and I'm yeah. backing the 77% cash for Cleveland. I like them as two-and-a-half-point favorites. I like them to win at home. Again, it's at home. I, I, I like them more, especially if Baker can look any, a semblance of healthy this week.
1: Yeah, I already talked about how much that Marlon Humphrey injury just brings this Ravens' defen- defense to its knees. It, it is not going to be the same. They're not going to have the same teeth. And... I think with the week off, I mean week off, with two weeks now from the last time we saw him, Baker should be at least healthier or at least dealing with his injuries, injuries be in a better way. So I think you'll see at least a competent Baker. And I don't think it's going to take that much of a competent Baker to shred some of the cornerbacks that the Ravens are going to be throwing out in this one. This is a monster game for playoff implications as well. Yes. Ravens are reeling right now,
0: currently in the three seed, but that's fading, fading fast. Yeah. Browns are technically would be 11th in the AFC standings right now. They need wins like they need air to breathe. Coming off a bye, I think you have to put together a game plan at home where you can beat down on the Baltimore Ravens. I think that's that's the bet I'm sticking
1: with. And this is huge for the Browns because we talked about how Ravens have a very difficult schedule going into the into the end of the season here. Well, the Browns kind of do too. Everyone in the north is really has a difficult schedule. So they have the Ravens here this week and then Raiders go to the Packers, go to the Steelers home against the Bengals. Like there's it's no cupcakes life. here. There's no cupcakes here for any of the teams in the AFC North heading in. So it's going to be a dogfight to the end. I think that seventh, you know, that sixth, fifth, sixth, seventh seed in the AFC is going to be I think it could include some 9-win teams, some some 8-win teams potentially. I think you it's going to so? be I bet someone gets to 10. I bet we get all 10-win teams in the AFC this year.
0: Really? All 10-win yeah. teams? I think a nine win team sneaks in. There's a lot of gonna be a lot of war of attrition in that one, especially in the north, right? If one of those non whoever doesn't win the north, if any of those other teams wants to get in Cincinnati, Pittsburgh is six and six, Ravens obviously ahead right now. I think that if if there's gonna be a second or third team in the AFC North that swings it, they're gonna have to probably sneak in with nine or ten wins with how many how often they play each other down yeah. the stretch. Um Seahawks at Texans. I put in here and I'm I have to fucking stop betting the Texans. I'm looking up the camera. I don't care if it's Trod Taylor, Davis Mills, David Culley, some retread line lineman. I, I I can't I can't bet the Texans anymore. The Texans aren't good. That's fine for me yeah. to say. It's okay for me to say, the Texans aren't good. Even with the hook here, attempting betters hook at seven and a half, seven and a half point dogs at home. I won't do it. I am letting Russ cook. I'm betting Seattle, the objectively better team, the
1: only team in this game, in my opinion, that should even be talked about. Texans are terrible. I was gonna say like. I have no interest in actually betting this game because then that will make me want to at least follow and watch. Yeah. And I really should not be watching this. No, this is not, no one should I mean, watch this, this, this game. This is not great football. Jamal Adams on the <laughs> <edge of> reserve. <laughs> yeah. Texans
0: are already planning for 2022-2023. Seattle's already planning for 2022-2023. There's a couple of games on the schedule this week where it's like neither team is going Stuff. to the postseason. Both yeah. teams are already looking ahead to the offseason scouting scouting you know, draft prospects and reading PFS draft guide. This game is going to be gross. Don't bet on it so you don't have to watch it unless you live in yeah. Seattle and you're a diehard. Yeah, if I had to bet
1: one way, I would lean with you and go Seahawks here. Fair enough. Raiders Chiefs. Before we
0: get to Raiders Chiefs, I have to bring up X-Chair, which is such a proud sponsor of the Tailgate Podcast. Working from home is more important now than ever. Optimize your home office with an X-Chair and many of our x accessories to enhance your focus, productivity, energy, and comfort. Once you feel the customized support of Chair's patented dynamic variable lumbar, there's no going back. It's all in the LMX massage and temperature regulation, exclusively designed and made for Chair. With versatile comfort and extraordinary design, Chair fits any space. High performance, quality engineering, extreme comfort. Those are all the reasons I love my X chair. Now I can't wait to be at work. And sometimes, even if I'm not working, I sit in my X chair just to get that feeling. Go to XchairTailgate.com now. That's the letter X, chair, T-A-I-L-G-A-T-E.com or call 1-844-X-CHAIR for $100 off your order. X chair is a 30-day guarantee of complete comfort and you can finance your purchase for as little as $30 a month, XchairTailgate.com. If you're watching on YouTube, check out the link in the description below. For an office chair, I do think, I know I read that ad every week. If you do work from home, you've worked from home for a long time, right? Yes, I mean since like, I think graduated. Investing Gosh. in a nice office chair worth it, every penny is worth every penny. If yeah. you sit in it for fucking eight, ten hours a day, I think even more important if you game, if you're a big gamer guy. I mean, you're like not only do you work on your computer all the time, but then you're fucking out here streaming yeah. for like sixteen days. Like I think, I think you need to be in that chair because I have a chair at home that like looks kind of cool it's a yeah. green felt chair if i sit in that thing for more than an hour my ass is toast like legitimately awful i need to bring my ex chair home because like i can't sit in that chair a
1: good, anything you'll use for long periods of time daily shoes a bed a chair that's hot off chair yeah you should invest good do not skimp out the first because, time i invested
0: legitimately in a mattress yeah was like holy shit here because that's you get one body
1: and that's going to affect your body. I agree. And that's I hate to that. go on a tangent here, but I, I I couldn't agree more. Raiders, Chiefs, Chiefs favored by nine. Well, so that with uh, Mark Freeman, one 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 play one life? Get one life.
0: Get one life. Get one life. It's a good life. Raiders, Chiefs, Chiefs favored by nine in Arrowhead. Raiders are going to get fucking blown out. This I'm thinking. Oh, I think this is going to be a Do destructive, you? disastrous game for the Raiders. Last time the Chiefs played the Raiders in it Vegas, was. they blew them out. Yeah, and I don't I don't think the Raiders have gotten any better. The Raiders have not gotten any better. If anything, they've gotten worse. Still banged up in multiple places. I don't know if Darren Waller's going to play in this game. Offensive line's been awful. Defense has not improved. This is a game where the Chiefs, who over the last five weeks, have the third-ranked defense in EPA per play. yeah, defense. Becomes- the, Chiefs is on fi- the Chiefs' defense is on fire. In the last three games, I think they haven't allowed more than 13 points. I think this Raiders team is going to go in and run into a fucking buzzsaw on both sides of the Ooh. ball. And Chiefs win, not just by nine. I think they win big.
1: Okay, I, like the, Arrowhead. I like the Raiders to cover here. I think they will have learned their lesson. No. From the last time around. Disagree. In terms of, we, we said going into that week, that was, you know, Chiefs, blueprint, two high shells all day. No one's believing that. All of a sudden, Raiders go in there. Single high, three-quarters of their snaps, not even like attempting the what everyone else has done, and get torched. Best game I think the Chiefs have had offensively all season long. Yeah. Now, either you adjust, which you should do, or uh, you're not going to have a job at the end of the year, Gus Bradley. Sorry, because that's the way this is trending for your team right now. I think he's going to adjust. I think they're going to say, hey, maybe we do a little something different this time around. I think they'll limit the Chiefs, because the Chiefs offense, as much as they've been winning, has not been the world beaters that we've seen at any point in the Mahomes era. Not even close. Still, they are winning now with defense. And now, while that's great, and I still think they probably win this game, winning with defense is not inspiring me to cover a nine-point spread. I don't think it matters if they adjust
0: or not. If they play too high and run with Dolan Leavitt and Jonathan Abram back there, Trayvon Merrig, who's been good this year but still a rookie, like they don't. Even if they do switch schematically and commit more to two high looks, they, they putting Jonathan Abram in two high is almost as bad as putting him like it's playing single high. <laughs> like it, like you are putting a liability yeah. in a key position. I, I, I don't think they have. They don't have a fucking card. They don't have a trump card to play. Like yeah. the Chiefs' offense is built to beat. The Raiders' defense. You, know, you talk about people building defenses and drafting to stop the Chiefs. The Chiefs have drafted to stop the Raiders' defense and just yeah. completely ruin it. In Arrowhead, I think this is going to be a blowout. Chiefs blowout. Saints at Jets. Two non-playoff teams. I don't think the Saints are sneaking back in. I think Eagles, Vikings are a way better position to get into the playoffs than the Saints. Saints are reeling. They've started Trevor, Trevor Simeon this year. you got Taysom Hill in a, in a finger stint or whatever the fuck that thing's called right now. I like the Jets' dogs. I'm running with you. You you said Zach Wilson coming off the best game of his young season. At home, five-and-a-half-point dogs. Yeah. It's going to be either a banged-up Taysom Hill or m- mentally banged-up Trevor Simeon in yeah. this game. The Saints, yeah, they have a better defense. I think they have better talent. I think the Jets cover that five-and-a-half number. I don't think they win. I think they cover the five-and-a-half. If this number gets to six, I even, feel more, I even feel better about it. I think the Jets... With two teams with not a lot to play for, right? I don't think the Saints are getting back in the postseason yeah. and they have banged up QBs. I think the Jets cover the five and a half.
1: Yeah, I mean, how how many points do we expect a Trevor, excuse me, a Taysom Hill-led offense with a broken finger to score? Like, I just w- without weapons right now at receiver, like how much do we expect that offense to actually put up to cover a five and a half point spread on the road, you know? like last week, 17, week before that, six. Like This is offense isn't built to light up scoreboards with the personnel they have right yeah, now. Yeah, and Sean Payne can only do so much. And I get that their defense is very good. But like I said, I did think that Zach Wilson played the best we've seen from all year. Uh, so last week, hopefully a sign of things to come. So I will be leaning Jets here as well. I, I think, think that's The, a big the Saints injury report as well is pretty
0: gross. I think there's a lot... Um, I think looking, let me see here. I was looking at it today. Ryan Ramchick did not participate. Probably not going to play. Alvin Kamara was a full participant, which is great. And Taysom Hill was a full participant. But still, both those guys are coming off injuries. I, I don't love it. I don't love it for the Saints. I don't love it for the Saints. I like them to win, but I don't like them to cover. We'll see. Jaguars, the Titans. I'm betting Urban. I'm oh. doing the grave the great mistake here. I'm betting Urban. I like Jags plus eight and a half. the the Tennessee Titans have been a bottom eight offense in efficiency over the last six weeks. So much of that being injuries, right? No Julio Jones, no Derrick Henry, no A.J. Brown. They've scored only 13 points in each of the last two weeks. It's been bad. The Titans have been bad. Mm -hmm. And while they are a better team than the Jags, and while they will will win, in my opinion, at home against Jacksonville, I think there's enough there on a low total. I think it's under 45 on a low total for the Jags to sneak in a cheeky backdoor. At most, I think a cheeky backdoor on the eight and a half. Trevor Lawrence by himself. I said it this week. By himself, alone, doesn't have competent coaching, competent skill players, competent offensive line, or a competent defense. Him by himself covers this eight and a half. <laughs>
1: that's <laughs> I mean, that's a big ask. Well, here's the thing though: this Titans' defense is not. There still has dudes on the back end. Like they still have guys that can cover these Jaguars receivers. At that point, I mean, it's not very difficult to do. Yeah, but at that point. We've seen this Jags offense and what it looks like when they're like even have good matchups on the other side of the ball. So, yeah, I don't love. I think it's still going to be low scoring, but like the Jags, I think they score like ten points at that like at that point. Yeah. You're always going to lean. I think the Titans have I think the Jags find a way to get to twenty, and that's enough to cover the
0: number. Maybe even like fourteen. I think fourteen could be enough to cover the number. I like the Jags. Do you know, the I'm last time they scored
1: twenty, when. October
0: 17th. And the the (laughs) next time they score 20 is this weekend, December 10th, (laughs) whatever the hell it is, December 12th. Um, Uh. Cowboys football team. Before we get to the Cowboys football team, going to hammer home DraftKings. Football fans, I'm sure we all love action-packed, high-scoring NFL games. We all love watching Jacksonville Jaguars. But with the latest no-brainer from DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, you'll be a winner once a singles point is scored. New customers who bet just $1 on any NFL team score and win can win $100 in free bets. It's that simple. A Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet. You can still get in on the NFL action. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contest. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code PFF. Bet $1 on any NFL team to score and win $100 in free bets. If they score, you score with promo code PFF this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 years or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit. $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Saints and Jets. No. Cowboys and football team. Dallas Cowboys are going to D.C. as four-point favorites. House team in the NFL. Or the fighting Taylor Heineckys. 75% of the cash bet on this game so far, according to PFF, is on Washington. And I disagree with the nation. I disagree with the cash. CeeDee Lamb and Amari Cooper should be playing, should be healthy. And when you got a healthy duo there, a healthy Dak, I like the Cowboys to cover the four and win this game. It's a massive game, too. to, to For the NFC East, for yeah. the NFC playoff picture, both these teams desperately need to
1: win. I like the Cowboys as four-point favorites, even on the road, especially if they're healthy. I mean, it's a much bigger game for the football team. I think Cowboys are fairly comfortably – in the one spot. Now, obviously things have changed, but I think they're going to win the East. I don't think that one's really in doubt. I do like the Cowboys though. I mean, as much as I love the way the football teams defenses come together. I don't I don't think there's any coming together when the Cowboys are at full strength. You know, like I don't care who you are when they have CeeDee Lamb, Amari Cooper, and Michael Gallup out there, you're in, you're in trouble. <laughs> you know, they're going to score 25 plus points on you. So, as, With that being said, yeah, four points. Give me the Cowboys.
0: Let's go. Lions at Broncos. Broncos, seven and a half point favorites over Dan Campbell and the Detroit Lions. The nation is backing Dan Campbell. 90% of the cash have been, has been bet on the Detroit Lions, and I am riding with the nation. Give me Dan Campbell plus seven and a half. Give me Detroit on the road. He is changing a team he is changing the culture in detroit the broncos have shit for a quarterback average to below average their offense has been inept all season long defensively is where i get scared but the lions don't win on uh, uh, against good defenses anyway jared goff looks shit regardless of how good the defense is it's about catching luck and finding a <laughs> way to cover Seven and a half is a, a large number you have the hook you don't have to be yeah. competent jared goff you can throw two picks you can throw two picks and still cover seven and a half that's why Jared Coffin and Detroit Lions are, are my pick here.
1: I am riding as well. Should we Let's make a go. kneecap joke? Should we make some kneecap no, jokes? No, I okay. refuse. Okay, I'm kidding. Um, biggest thing here, he'll have time against this Broncos yeah, defense. Yeah, true. The, the, the biggest thing in recent weeks, and obviously why they end up beating the Vikings, is these tackles have been playing a lot better. Early on in the season when you have a rookie Penny Sewell and a backup at right tackle, I'm trying to, I'm blanking on the name right now, that was, a, like, he was, he wasn't he was throwing downfield because one, he had shit for talent, but also like he didn't have any time. With Taylor Decker back, appendix Sewell has been the second highest graded tackle since week six in all the entire NFL. Like he will actually, against this backups that the Broncos have been throwing out their edge position, although Bradley Chubb is back now, but he didn't really do shit against the Chiefs last week. He'll have time to throw and that's the biggest thing. So I think <laughs> give a guy time to throw and yeah, it is the Broncos. Their secondary is very good. I think at least then you'll move the ball a little when that's the case. So I I, give me I think the Lions. Yeah. Seven is a big big spread for a team that's not super explosive offensively. The pass rush is a big piece
0: to keep the Lions from like scoring no points, right? Mm-hmm. And even as good as the secondary is, the Lions is seven and a half. Like keeping this game within seven and a half. Can involve some mistakes, some Patrick Sertan picks. That's fine. The Broncos' offense is not going to uproot a bad Detroit Lions defense. The Broncos' offense hasn't been good all season long. Giants, Chargers, this one's interesting. I think if you can get Chargers or Giants plus 10.5 now, maybe. Only because the Chargers are coming down with some COVID stuff right now. Mike Williams, not going to play this week. Chris Harris Jr., not going to play this week. Keenan Allen might not play this week due to, 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 I don't know if it's COVID or injuries, but the Chargers could be down pretty horrendous in, 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 at, at receiving tour. Yeah. Now, if you do bet Giants plus 10.5, know that you're betting potentially Jake Fromm, who has signed off the practice squad recently and probably barely knows the Giants playbook. Giants are making the cross-country trip to Los Angeles.
2: 10.5, right.
0: if you bet Chargers 10.5, you're saying, I don't give a fuck if Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, and everyone's out. Chargers are ten and half points better than Jake Fromm and the Fighting Giants, which I don't think is a crazy thing Stop to say. Stop
1: saying fighting whatever. That's that's that one didn't even make sense. That didn't even make sense. <laughs> but I, I, I do think um, the hapless Giants is a better way to describe them right now. I I am there. I am taking the Chargers. I you really? could you don't put care. everyone except for Justin Herbert. The on Fighting COVID. Giants. No, uh, a lot of guys on COVID. I mean, they do. Limel Joseph on the defense side of the ball too. Um, that's not good. Obviously, you would like to have those guys. But if it's Jake Fromm, it's Mike Lennon. They're not winning this game, straight up not winning this game. And it's not going to be, they're not going to move the ball offensively. And I think one of the under, I don't want to say underrated, but like under talked about stories this season is like under Saquon S- Barkley is not Saquon Barkley. He looks nothing like the guy we saw before his ACL injury. And I, and like that happens. That, that's a thing that happens to, like, ever, not every guy returns to form from an ACL right away. There is that, uh, there's just a learning curve of how to use your knee again for a lot of guys, and they just don't trust it. And that is what Saquon Barkley looks like right now. And so if it is not you know, a competent quarterback back there, which it won't be, there's no run game to lean on. There's no backup, oh, maybe Saquon yeah. breaks a big one. And that's not, that's not been the case this year. This should be, I'll put this in my notes, it should be a
0: blowout for the Chargers, even with Mike Williams, Chris Harris out. Keenan Allen is vaccinated So if he can get some negative tests, he could play. Mm. Mike Williams and Chris Harris Jr. aren't vaccinated, so they will not play. I do think, I do think with Keen Allen there, that's enough. That's enough for me. That's enough for me to back the Chargers minus 10 and a half. I'm not picking Jake Fromm. I'm not picking this Giants team on the road. I like Chargers minus 10 and a half. This next game is going to be one of the games of the weekend. And I I think I highlighted that for multiple games. We should go tailgate this one. Bengals, half-point favorite over the Niners. Mm. That's... That's going to be something. Basically a pick I'm excited for the energy down here. And I think this might be another Bengals loss.
1: No, don't do I, it I faded,
0: I faded the Bengals last time. They don't lost the Charters, to Chargers, which in a game that I think they could have won or should have won if there weren't for some some key mistakes. Jamar Chase dropping that and turning that into a pick. The red zone interception from Burrow. The fumble from Mixon. Those three, right there, fucked. Mm-hmm. This week, I just don't think they match up well with San Francisco. I agree. 15th in EPA per rush on defense. Like Their run defense is not good. Their defense overall for the Bengals has been so improved this year, specifically against the pass. Jadobia Awuzie has played well. Mike Hilton has played well. Their pass rush has improved. But run defense, are still shit. Shit in that they're average. <laughs> on the other side, <laughs> shit in that they're average. On the other side of the ball, San Francisco's top five in rushing EPA. They're one of the more mm-hmm. efficient offenses over the last six weeks. This is going to be a dogfight that I don't think the Bengals are equipped to win. They got cats on that side. Yeah, I think San Francisco shows up in Cincinnati post-Renner-AG tailgate, and body blows Cincinnati into another L, which is unfortunate, which is unfortunate. And on the other side of the ball, I wanted to add this note. Cincinnati is a good offense this year. They were top six in EPA per pass. They've been great throwing the football. They were at 27th in pass rate on early downs. They don't throw the fucking football. They don't, they don't throw it enough. They need yeah. to throw the ball more. I think they're going to continue to be conservative in a game where they can't be. A game where they need to go up early and force San Francisco out of running the football. They're not. That's not going to be in the game plan. 49ers
1: win this one. You really laid it on thick this week, the trying to not jinx the Bengals. You yeah. really went, sold yeah. the the disbelief. Not, exactly. Because last time I didn't
0: sell the disbelief. Yeah, you kind of right. just said,
1: oh, I'm going to go against them to try it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this week no, I'm like, This week you sold you. it. So, of course, the Bengals are now going to Bengals, win. Bengals, well you done. are going to win. Well done. I have to ride with the 49ers, though, too. And it's... It's like they're stupid linebackers. It's like the, that's that's that was unfair. That was, that was an unfair. That was aggressive, but it's it's fine. Linebackers, linebackers. is the fact that the linebackers are still an issue. I mean, we saw it against the Jets uh, in coverage, and you're going to be going up against a team that targets linebackers like it's their job in San Francisco. Yeah, and yeah with yeah. George Kittle back, that's just where they're going to be throwing the ball consistently. So, that to me is the biggest mismatch in this game. I am. I'm excited for this one though. It should be a good game. I, yeah, I'm it's, very it's, excited. Cincinnati
0: wants to keep this from being just like San Francisco up ten the entire time and like never like pulling away, but still like up ten consistently. They yeah. need to throw the football, man. You have you have to get aggressive and try and target downfield because this pass rush for San Francisco isn't good and their secondary isn't good either. Mm-hmm. But if they try and run the ball at the fifth highest rate on early downs in the NFL. Even as good as Mixon has been, it's not going to be enough because you're going to lose that dogfight. You're going to lose that dogfight. Mm-hmm. Bills at Bucks. This is going to be a freaking awesome game. Bucks at home, favored by three. Both teams need wins. Both teams want to stay atop of their conferences. Both teams have eyes on the one seed. They want to be a part of the one seed conversation. Mm-hmm. And the Bills specifically have another team in their own division that could, to, could beat them out and is currently the one seed of the Patriots. I am all in, though. On Tampa Bay. I like Tampa Bay a lot in this game. I think other bets that I like are the under. I think it could be a sneaky under game. Both these defenses are sick. Bucks, Bills are first in EPA per rush allowed, first in EPA per pass allowed. They've been phenomenal all year long, which we didn't bring this up. That question from the journalist, did you see that? Michael Mike Pied and Jordan yeah. Poyer, where he's like, are you embarrassed by this performance where they gave up 14 points yeah. in an ugly game where you can't pull takeaways from? I think Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer had every right to be disrespected by that question. Mm -hmm. I think interjecting as a reporter and saying, are you embarrassed so you can write in your story that they were embarrassed or whatever. It's like, are you thinking about killing yourself? Yeah, it's just ridiculous. It's (laughs) It's just ridiculous. That was bad. But the worst part of that video too was, maybe we could throw it in the podcast, but the worst part of that video too, if you haven't seen it, look it up. Just type in like Micah Hyde or Jordan Poyer. You'll find it. At the end... Micah Hyde goes a little bit longer and is away from the mic. And it's like, that was just bullshit. Like, we answer your questions every week. You don't have to do that. And the reporter doubles down. He says, in my, back in my day, players answered those kinds of questions. I was like, dude,
1: you are a moron. That person stinks. Well, I do love just the, the saying, the term or phrase in my day refers or basically states that today is not your day. That, yeah. that you are past your fair, prime. Fair, fair, <laughs> fair, that fair. you are not. In your element is like, and it's basically anyone that says that is admitting that they.
0: There are very not few things, there, too. You know? Where if you say back in your day, they were better. There were very, very yeah. few things. But back in yeah. your day, it could be 10, 15, 20 years ago, what was actually better than it is now?
1: What? Mm, I feel like as a player, going out to bars was probably better because no one had camera phones. Yeah, okay. That's cool. a good. <laughs> People were probably doing, like, LT was probably ripping lines off of tables and no one would not worried, you know? And you're saying that was better? Are for, you a proponent of drug use? I'm not. I'm saying for the player. <laughs>
0: for for player safety. I I think there are a few things that were better back then. So saying anytime you lead off with back in my day, you're probably already fucking up. Yeah. There's not a lot of things that were better back then. There's like zero people who would rather be back then. Anyway, I like the under bet because the defenses are good. Jordan Poyer, Micah Hyde shouldn't be embarrassed by any performance they've had this season. But the better quarterback is only getting three at home. I like Tom Brady over Josh Allen. It's the biggest reason I back the Bucs.
1: Yeah, I, I like the Bucks as well. <laughs> At home, full complement and secondary, whereas the Bills, obviously, down for Davis White the rest of the year. Um, and I just don't think this Bills defensive line is going to get home to Brady. I mean, the offensive line for the Bucs is so good. So a lot of matchups, I think, <laughs> Blue favor the Bucs then. Give me the Bucs. Sweet
0: Bears Packers. This is a widespread 12 and a half point favorites are the Green Bay Packers and Lambeau. This hold your should, nose and take it. Yeah, this is the hold your nose and take it. I put it in my notes. Hold your nose and take it unless you want to root. Here's the thing too. There's been a lot of like marketing on betting lately about like hold or like a lot of publicity around like no. A lot a lot of publicity around like betting is for entertainment. It's not to profit and all that stuff. It's not to win and shit like that. Whatever. That's what i like. saying. Take that in. Take that in. Pretend you are betting for entertainment, which I do bet mostly for entertainment when you're only betting like $5 and you're like making se- – you do not want to bet and root for Andy Dalton and Lambo. Like, do you – You and Justin Fields might play. Both these quarterbacks are not getting a ton of reps in practice. Like, they, whoever plays is not going to be fully prepared to go to Lambo and play the Green Bay Packers, who have a very good defense. Do you want to be like, yeah, I really like betting. I like entertainment. I will bet on Andy Dalton. No. You don't want to be doing that. I, saw, I back to that into my bets. I'm taking Packers. I'm holding my nose. I'm taking it. They're objectively the better team. They're 12.5-point favorites for a reason. I don't see Bears winning this game, and I don't see them covering. Give me Green Bay.
1: Here's, here's the tipping point. Uh-oh. Jair Alexander does an end for a
0: Does that mean he can come back he's to this game? back.
1: I believe so. That is what I saw. So if he is, now if he's not, they're still covering. But if he is, they're definitely covering. I think this, uh, this is going to be gross. It's going to be a gross one. I can't believe they didn't flex it out <laughs> with a lot of the other games that are good. I mean, I get why Bears-Packers are still going to need a viewership, but it might not be a fun game to watch. No. I mean, it's the biggest spread of the week. Yeah, It's literally the biggest spread of the week.
0: You know it's not a big spread? could be a freaking awesome game. Rams at Cardinals. Rams go to Phoenix. Are they playing Phoenix? I don't think so, actually. Um, Tempe. Tempe. Rams go to Tempe. Arizona, to play the Cardinals. Cardinals are two-and-a-half-point favorites at home. The defense in Arizona is playing absolutely lights out right now. Both these offenses, these offenses rank first and second in EPA per play. So it's first and second oh, in efficiency. In
1: Tempe is, no, Glendale, sorry.
0: Glendale, Glendale, not gl- not Tempe. These offenses rank first and second in efficiency throwing the football. Number six and number 22 over the last six weeks, though. Cardinals six, Rams 22. Cardinals and Cardinals fans, Cardinals Nation. I don't know what they call themselves, Flock Nation. I have been unjust in how much I've thrown support at the Cardinals this year. I've made excuses for their wins. Yeah. I've poured on when they've lost. Yeah. You're multiple people have noticed in the YouTube comments, multiple people in my DMs, multiple people who subscribe to my OnlyFans have brought up the Arizona Cardinals. They said the Bears
1: could have won last week.
0: Yeah. I was like, that's a weird take. It was ridiculous. It's been ridiculous. This is your time, Flock Nation. I don't know if it's Flock Nation. Uh, it's I am backing red. the Arizona Cardinals. The Cardinals should win this game. And I think they should win this game by more than three. I think should, they should win handedly at home, oh. beat down on the Los Angeles Rams. I think they are the better they team. They did last time. They did last time. And they did last time. Yeah. Show it. You do it this week. I will stop being a dick about the Cardinals. I will join Flock Nation. <laughs> and I will also begin to hammer the Los Angeles Rams late season fade. Because they have not been good over the last six weeks. Offensively or defensively. I like the Cardinals. Prove it this week, Flock Nation.
1: Prove Flock Nation's week. a Ravens slogan. I just looked it up. God damn it. Let me look up the Cardinals slogan. That's how much you love it. Oh, it's Red Sea. Prove it, Red Sea. <laughs> Is it? <laughs> I think it's Red Sea. You better look this one up. All right, you're you're it up. really look it up. ingratiating look it yourself by saying, saying the Raven slogan to the, to the Prove Cardinals it, Flock Nation. <laughs> but I am differing. Maybe only... To manifest, So it. you're fading the Cardinals. You're not I'm a part of Flock Nation. Because, well, I need the Cardinals to lose so the Packers get the one seed. This is what I'm trying to do. i trying to get a home playoff game to go to. That's what I'm trying to do. But no, I, I also think last time was a blowout, but you got big performances from Chase Edmonds. You got big performances from J.J. Watt. Neither guy will be playing in this upcoming game. Now, obviously, the Rams offense has not been quite the Rams offense of late, but they got their get-right game. They got their game against the Jaguars, the layup, work all the kinks out, mm-hmm. get... Odell Beckham involved in the offense the right way. And now all of a sudden, I think they got a chance. I think they win this game. Really? All right. So you're fading the Red Sea. I just looked it up and confirmed it's the Red Sea. Fading Flock Nation and the Red Sea this week. Love that.
0: Bad Love day that. to be a bird. Well, I'm all in on the Red Sea. I'm all in on the Red Sea. I might buy a, a Kyler Murray jersey if they blow him out. 10 point, 10, 14 plus points, I will buy a Kyler Murray jersey and wear it on the show and apologize to the Red Sea. To the Red Sea. I will apologize to the Red Sea. Part- Trivia. Quinn is incapacitated this week. Incapacitated, and we couldn't figure out technically how to get him on the show. Yeah. (laughs) But he said he would drop the trivia questions in the Tailgate Slack channel. I haven't seen them yet, so maybe the computer's not working either. We will bank on – oh, got it. First one. This is from Perk Angel, our king. Perk Angel, our literal king, who sends a question every single week. We should get him a fucking Kyler Murray jersey. Assuming Micah Parsons and CeeDee Lamb make a Pro Bowl in their careers – I think Michael Parsons and Lamb might make it this year. Ooh. Who are the only two Cowboys first-round picks since 2010 to never make a Pro Bowl? I know it, right? Maurice Claiborne
1: and Taco Charlton. It's got to be.
0: Wow. It is it? Wow. Did you see the questions and the answers?
1: That was just... That was hot. I know the Cowboys draft picks. All the other ones, I mean, we got Tyron Smith, Zach Martin, Travis Frederick, all the other Morris ones. Maurice Claiborne there. got a four on his wonder Yeah. That was... He was... He showed up one year like 20 pounds too light. He came in one year like 165 pounds No or way. Have yeah. you seen him now? No. He's huge. No, you think of D. Miller. Oh, D. Miller is the blimp? Yeah. I shouldn't say blimp. I'm trying to lose weight too. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, if you perform a former professional athlete and still go blimp season, it's kind of tough. That's a grind. I feel like that happens a lot though, because you don't even, when you're a professional athlete, you don't even think about working out. It's just like what you do. Like you go out and play football two hours a day. but So then once you stop that, you eat the same. But then it's like you, you have to maintain – you have to either cut back Big Lee, Big Lee's word, on how you eat, or you have to maintain that level of fitness, which is like damn near impossible to do if you're a normal human being.
0: I need to know what Morris Claiborne's up to because I know what D Milner's up to. Yeah. S- snack season. Um, next question. He's dropped it in. I appreciate you, Quinn. I wasn't trying to make fun of you on the incapacitated. The Heisman will be given out this Saturday to either Alabama quarterback Bryce Young Ohio State quarterback C.J. Stroud, no, it won't. Michigan Edge Aiden Hutchinson, it won't. Or Pittsburgh quarterback and Kenny Pickett, won't. Alabama's easy. Oh, should, Bryce oh, Young yeah. is going to get it. Okay. No, it's like not even yeah. like it's not even a fucking debate. Yeah. Name the last Heisman winner from each of those schools. So Alabama last Heisman winner, Devontae Smith. Devontae Smith. That was easy. Ohio State last Heisman winner. Whew. Um, it's gonna be the, one of the Troy keys. Smith. Troy Smith. Troy Smith. Yes. Here we go. Last Michigan winner, Charles Woodson. Yeah. Last Pitt winner, Oof. Marino. tough.
1: I don't think Marino won.
0: Um, way back. Quinn saying way back. I said Marino. I thought
1: that was way back. Pitt. Didn't they have like another quarterback? No, I'm not. I don't think I'm going to get Pit. Oh, wait, wait. R- running back. Who was the running back from Pitt? Uh, Dorsett. Do Dorsett?
2: Yes, yes. There
1: we go.
0: Nice. I kind of like the slack. Maybe we never bring Quinn back on this podcast again.
1: I kind of like waiting for it.
0: <laughs> um, any more questions from you, Quinn? He's typing. <laughs> this is electric. This is electric. Oh, we there got we one. Go. We got one. The, la- <laughs> the last three quarterbacks to win the Heisman have come from the Crimson Tide. And Devontae Smith, Derrick Henry. Non-quarterbacks. Non-quarterbacks, sorry. Devontae Smith, Derrick Henry, and Mark Ingram. Can you name the three before that? One of them is Charles Woodson.
1: Is it? Be? I mean, so one of them going to be Reggie Bush, but he didn't win one. So oh, so he doesn't
0: count. Neither Charles Woodson.
1: Yeah. Uh, so Reggie, so Ingram was what? Like 11, I want to say, or somewhere in that range. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so then before that, I mean, you got Bradford one, like right before that. The receiver, uh, Desmond Howard? Desmond Howard was before Woodson. So oh, it's really? all in the 2000s, all running backs. I'm going to go uh, Ricky Williams. Nice. Let's see. Yep. Ron Dane. Ron Dane, who
0: people think leads all college football and career rushing yards. It's actually Donald Pumphrey. <sighs>
1: Fucking worst record ever that he broke that. <laughs> just because it's just bowl games. Yeah, I know. I know. I only I, bring it up to be a dick. get upset about that. Uh, okay, so it wasn't, so we, he didn't include Reggie Bush in that. So there's one more, one other one. Because Reggie Bush didn't technically win one. No, it was Reggie Bush. Oh, it was Reggie Bush. Oh. Okay. Which is a liar. Okay, so I got them all. Yeah, you got them all. You freaking all right. you're freaking sick. Any other questions
0: from Quinnebago? That's all. That is all. My know your co-host question. This one's interesting. I want to have a conversation about this. All right. Not your Mine's cru- not interesting. Mine's not, <laughs> not my current celebrity crush. Because when you get into current celebrity crush, you're talking like you're kind of being gross about it because you're also still an adult. But I'm talking, th- what was my first celebrity crush? The first time right. where I saw celebrity, I was like, ooh. I might kiss her. I, I think I think she's cute. Like, like, like as a kid, I wish right? you wouldn't
1: have just said either of those things. But...
0: Uh, okay. That, okay I'm trying to frame kid, it where like, it's
1: not fucking weird. Because so you, you say what? celebrity
0: crush now, I think it's kind of weird. Yeah. It's like, yeah, I think that chick's super hot. It's like, okay, you're also an adult. Yeah.
1: And and it's also weird if it's like... Never mind. I was going to say, like, <laughs> someone on, saying? like, the Disney Channel. Oh, that, <laughs> That's even more weird. That
0: Well, yeah. Like, that would be weird. That's weird regardless. <laughs> All right. Who yeah, I'm my... just
1: saying that's weird. I'm not saying it's me. <laughs> um... All right, so first celebrity crush, first celebrity crush. I'm like just, ever. I'm gonna, I'm gonna think about this a little bit. So you're probably, it's probably early 2000s. Yep, twenty 2003, 2004. Right in it that was range. Popular around then. Probably someone in like younger-ish. It would It could be weird if you were really feeling. I don't know,
2: like an older. older like a, yeah, like an older lady yeah.
1: at that point. Like For who that, was the who was the was that one show on ABC about all the the moms? And they were all cheated on their husbands. Come on. Know. it was like named after a road or something. I don't know, man. Who was my first okay. celebrity crush? Uh, Desperate Housewives. Uh, Desperate Housewives. There you go. I didn't watch so it wasn't that. That would have been weird ten-year-old. if it was one of those, though. Um, Terry Hatcher. Yeah. Quinn. Quinn. <laughs> that might have been Quinn's first celebrity crusher. All right. Let me think. I, knowing you, who was the chick from Gilmore Girls? Chick I don't know. Gilmore I didn't Girls. watch Gilmore Girls. Okay. Well, I feel like that'd be right up your alley. I feel like you would have watched Gilmore Girls as a kid. I'll go with Jennifer Aniston. No, that she was in consideration.
0: It was okay. Jessica Alba oh, yeah, when she Alba's was in the first Fantastic
1: loop. Four. Okay, yeah, yeah.
0: Came out in two thousand five. Smoke.
1: Yeah, and I mean Jessica like, Alba was. She's yeah. pretty cute. She had. I'm eleven. Had I'm few, interested. She had like a few year period there where she was. like
0: Oh yeah, and I think know. a lot of people, a lot of common ones back then was Britney Spears, but I was never on that hype. I think she was overpop, you know, overhyped. Who was yours? Okay. My celebrity crush as a kid? First, first no, your first celebrity, first time you were like, yeah, I'm all in. That's
1: tough. Terry Hatcher? Um, so it was like late '90s. I mean, I did like Britney Spears, which came out. Yeah. Christina um,
0: Aguilera was also kind of in my. I was
1: Spears over Aguilera for sure back then. Really? In the day. What about um, Simpson? Jay Simpson. Jessica Simpson. I don't um, know if Jake Simpson... I don't help. know. I said no clue where you're going with that. Um, I, I like Jessica Simpson. Uh, Who was I would your watch, first? Uh, maybe like Pamela Anderson back in the day. Yikes! <laughs> I know, Yikes. not great. Pamela Anderson looks like a foot. That's so wrong. That's such a bad take. That may be worse I just Googled yet. Pamela Anderson Prime. That probably should never be Googled, but... Oh, no, actually, she's... Pamela Anderson Prime was vastly yeah, yeah, different yeah, than... Yeah. Yeah. I mean, she ended up getting a lot of plastic surgery, but... She Can we rename the podcast gorgeous. episode to "Austin Gale Rediscovering
0: okay. Pamela Anderson in Her Prime"? Because I'll tell you right now, Pamela Anderson now looks like a female version of Peyton
1: Manning. Yeah, you head, was... you could land yeah. fucking. It, it got bad, on but her. OG was very uh, up there. All right. Well, um, right, So my questions? my trivia <laughs> question is vastly different. So you, as you know, I struggle with protein bars. I, I'm like mildly mm. addicted. Um, they're most days when I come to the office, I have at least one. Usually I have two. And you microwave them. And I microwave them sometimes. And it it's tastes kinda... like... Uh, but so what's the most protein bars I've had in a single day? I want to think about this one. I'm going to say,
0: oh my God, I'm not getting into the 20s. And if you respond with the 20s, I would be absolutely floored and like borderline never talked to you again. And like that poop had to have been, if you got into the 20s, that poop would have been uh. as firm as this fucking hydroplastum because <laughs> that would have been disgusting. I
1: will go 18. No, it's actually not that high. Okay. 18 would have been insane. I did 10. 10. 10 protein bars one day. Why? So I got up to like, this. this is actually during quarantine. And I used to go to, I used to belong to Costco and I would get the Costco protein bars and I would get them by, I'd buy like 100 at a time because I knew I just, I would eat like three or four a day. And fuck. So I've had to stop because I stopped buying Your body could not have been really great about it. But I was just, I got up to eight and I was like, I might as well just get to 10 just to say I've done 10. Mm. And I got to eight like compulsively, just like, hmm, needed a protein bar. Like during quarantine was like, you you're just like your brain raced. I don't know, it was bad. So I got up to ten in a day, and I was like, "That's when I was like, I have to stop eating protein bars, stop after quarantine, stop buying them." So that's smart. I, I have a relapse every now and then. Will be at the store and I'll just buy a box and eat them all right there. But you know, that's pretty savage.
0: Yeah, um, I've great. never had ten protein bars in a day. I think the most I've ever had is probably like two.
1: Yeah, they. I've built up a pretty to, pretty good tolerance, though. Like most people, they really will rip apart your insides. So to me, they're just you know. They love that down. you lead with yeah. that on first dates or anything yeah i, I, I tell girls I, I can rip six how protein many protein bars, protein bars is without there? farting once they love <laughs> you that you take her out to dinner how many protein bars have i had
0: tonight <laughs> <laughs> sneaking them into the bathroom <laughs> all right uh let's get to mailbag mailbag if you want to get on the mailbag episode make sure you rate review and subscribe to the podcast the questions answered first are in reviews on the apple podcast so you leave a five-star review ask a question there and you're good to go we'll also take questions in the twitter dms but the Priority are reviews because reviews help us get more podcast listeners, all that shit. Before we get into the mailbag, though, Manscaped just launched new products, including their all-new ultra-premium body wash and a two-in-one shampoo and conditioner. It's time to give yourself or someone who needs it the gift of beautiful skin, hair, and balls this holiday season. Go to manscaped.com and use promo code PFF for 20% off plus free shipping. Inside the Performance Package 4.0, you'll find the Signature lawnmower 4.0. This sig- electronic trimmer has proprietary advanced skin-safe technology to reduce cuts on your nuts. It's also waterproof, so you can use it in the shower. Get 20% off. Or no, it is the season to load up on Manscaped products, so go get yourself, your dad, your brother, your friends, your mom's boyfriend... The best gift of all, the Manscaped Performance Package 4.0. Get 20% off and free shipping with code PFF at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code PFF. Clean up your nuts to make Santa fucking Claus proud this year. That's it. They closed the ad with that, and I support it. On to the mailbag. Well, before we get to the mailbag, I forgot. Let's talk about making Santa proud. Make your future children proud with life insurance. Western and Southern want a chance to win the ultimate game day feast, whether it's football success or financial savvy winning starts with asking questions. Would you like to know what it's like behind the scenes with Allen Sunday night football? How about a need to know for your financial future? Western Southern is teaming up with PFS very own Chris Collinsworth to share insights that can help put you ahead on both your fantasy and financial scoreboards. Every submission earns you a chance to win the ultimate feast to celebrate football's favorite Sunday We'll cover your catering up to $2,500, coordinate your order from a restaurant near you, and have it delivered on February 13, 2022. And don't forget to check out the Chris Collinsworth Podcast and Western Southern's Instagram for answers to the best questions each week. Submit your questions at westernsouthern.com slash ask Chris. One more time, that is westernsouthern.com slash ask Chris. If you're watching on YouTube, check out the link in the description below. Remember, with Western Southern, you can rest assured on game day. And now back to the podcast slash interview. That's was added to the read. I'm deleting that from the read. That's fucking ass. I'm not transitioning like that. And now back to the podcast-slash-interview. <laughs> no. And, now back to we're back. and we're back. Um, I had something off that. What is your perfect Super Bowl food? Because they oh. talk about catering your game day feast.
1: I I love uh, how they can't say Super Bowl in that read. Wings. I mean, Hooters wings is what I used to wings get growing up. We always used to get... We should do wings this year. Yeah. Um, best wings in Cincinnati? Knockback Nats. Knockback Nats. Those are by far. so. It's one of the few things good about the city. Wings, and then... I like a veggie platter too. Super oh, bowl. Wow. Protein bars? No. Protein bars are not a super. I think. Snack.
0: Okay. So you can't do wings by itself. I like a veggie platter in addition. Get ranch. Get blue cheese. Hot wings. Light it up.
1: Buffalo chicken dip too.
0: I fucking hate buffalo chicken dip. Yeah. You buffalo would. chicken dip is not
1: good. It's, buffalo chicken dip, You, okay buffalo like, chicken you buff, you don't like buffalo chicken dip because it's universally agreed upon as very good.
0: No, that's not why I don't like it. I think it's overhyped. I think it's way overhyped. It's not that... It's like way overly tangy. I, I, I don't think buffalo chicken... Buffalo chicken dip is just like... I think just tastes kind of plasticky. Oftentimes. Okay. I think there's a lot of bad buffalo chicken yeah. dip out there. Well, that's I think the buffalo true. flavor I, overall is just like Frank's Red Hot and Butter. Yeah.
1: I mean, that, I just think that's a very cheap... It has a cheap taste to it. I think people flock to it because of the easiness of it. It's yeah. like, oh, just cheese and chicken. Exactly. So you and get and a lot hot sauce of, and butter Yeah, you do get rubbery chicken because people overcook the chicken by the chicken. Chicken's it overcooked. Twice. The hot but, sauce is cheap. But it's gotta be it's it's very universally agreed upon as good because it is good.
0: I think a well executed buffalo chicken dip I can get behind. So I haven't ran dip, into then? one. I haven't ran into one. What's your debt?
1: you probably you probably going to do a, want like an artisan hummus and pita I don't
0: bread. An i probably would.
1: ranch buffalo blue cheese is fine. It doesn't have to be buffalo chicken that's like ass, just
0: like plasticky cheap ass.
1: (laughs) Sounds like a Friday night. Can we name
0: the podcast that? So as down bad as Giants, so uh, we're on to the mailbag. Mailbag now. Transition after transition. This is from Max H on Apple Podcasts. So as a down bad Giants fan, I'm desperately looking for hope. Which player or coaches on the roster would you consider cornerstones or cornerstone-worthy? And which GM candidates would you pick to replace Dave Gellman? Before... I saw this guy was down bad and I wanted to add this layer of detail. 50 over 50% of their cap will be spent on Leonard Williams, James Bradbury, Kenny Galladay, Adore Jackson, Blake Martinez, and Sterling Shepard in 2022. That is a disaster. You want to look at, you want to look at like, how is a team doing and hope, and they have the fifth lowest cap next year. Yeah. That's not, that's not just like, Oh, that's the five most highest. There's the six highest paid players. Yeah. They're going to be a lot of money. It's like, they don't have any money to spend outside of those guys. And this roster is terrible. And they're going to be picking probably inside the top 10. Yeah. This, in my opinion, is one of the worst situations in sports. And they're probably going to move on from Dave Gettleman, maybe even Joe Judge. And I don't think it's going to be an attractive job because there's a yeah. lot of lot wrong with this roster and how it's constructed.
1: Yeah, I mean, I would, I would consider like Leonard Williams, James Bradbury. They have cornerstone-esque ability. But not with those contracts, you know, like not with how much they are slated to pay them. You have to get out from underneath those to allocate that money elsewhere. Like yeah, yeah. $27 million for a DT that doesn't affect the pass game is a disaster. It's a problem. That's a disaster. So Cornerstone guys, I would say offensively, Andrew Thomas, Kenny Galladay, Kadarius Toney. That that's shit. That's what you got. I mean, like. They're probably going to have to get out from under Sterling Shepherd's contract. Maybe restructure Galladay's contract. Hopefully, but like probably can't. Can't. You're too early into that one. You're going to have to live with that one for a second. Defensively, I would say Xavier McKinney, Dory Jackson, and Dexter Lawrence. I throw Bradbury in that tier. Bradbury as well, but again, twenty-two million dollars yeah. next year for Bradbury. You're really like Bradbury, Jabril Peppers, with what he could command contract-wise. I don't know, like, I, and he's not been exactly a playmaker for them on this defense next year so those are those are the six guys I would say are cornerstones now obviously I like guys like in their secondary like Julian Love, Darnay Holmes, Aaron Robinson like you got guys to develop there I like Aziz Ojalari, like you have players but I wouldn't consider them yet cornerstones those first six are the ones I would say that's what you're building around everyone else is kind of liable to be replaced at this point i think there's
0: some rumors right and we've covered them on the show that they could clean house after this year move on from daniel jones move on from gentleman judge whatever is it one of the is is it for you the one of the least attractive jobs i mean it is a disastrous roster that is going to need desperate desperate help long-term commitment to be upheaved it's not particularly attractive
1: <laughs> yeah all right bear may three i'm trying to think of who else is out there what else could be out there but I mean, you usually don't, though, take over a GM job with a good situation. You yeah, know, yeah, like, yeah, you know yeah, yeah. that's not how it usually works. You're usually having to clean house, rebuild. So I, I don't think from that perspective, it's not the worst. You have picks to work with <laughs> from Chicago. Yeah. So two top
0: ten picks potentially. Yeah.
1: Bear May 3 on Apple Podcasts.
0: This guy gets in regularly. What do you think about the Eagles breaking those three first into a bunch of day two and day three picks? More importantly, create some capital for next year in what looks like a high-end QB class. Also, with the Colts and Dolphins winning, it could make sense to swing more in a class with a lot of blue chippers. Before, I did the same thing that I did with the Giants. Their 2022 cap hits, all worth 50% of their salary. Darius Slay, Brandon Brooks, Javon Hargrave, Lane Johnson, Fletcher Cox, Bray Graham. Javon Hargrave is the only one who's even like near his peak. Right, Lane Johnson's still really good. Brandon Brooks, when healthy, is good, but they're both on the like other side of thirty. Yeah, Brooks,
1: with his injuries stacking up, he might not be there.
0: Like Lane Johnson's still very good for them. Darius Slay's even still playing really well, but he's still older, right? Like this is an older, older roster. Yes, that, and I think I see it in your answer here, like breaking it up and trading back to gather more picks does make sense because they need to get young and cheap in a hurry to fit whether it's Jalen Hurts or Hmm. a quarterback drafted and he's competing in that stuff.
1: I, I also think to even just he said trade back to day 2 3 i think you could even if if possible finesse those into 2023 picks like don't get all your draft capital into one rookie class that looks like a fairly meh rookie class you know like spread that out to next year yeah to get two back to back years of heavy draft capital and that turns around your franchise instead of one year of all rookies trying plus, to
0: plus and he's right that this next year's you know 2023 yeah. quarterback class Stroud, Young, I mean, Stroud, you know, give or take, but Young has been phenomenal. I think Young's gonna be a guy that, Bryce Young, the Heisman winner for Bama, I think is gonna be a guy a lot of people are talking about as a future number one overall pick. And if DJ Uwe Galele ever figures his shit out, could be a guy too. And also Uh, with
1: some of the positions they need, whether it's um, linebacker, whether it's wide receiver, you can find those guys day two, three. So they're day, not three, three, but like second, third round. So I, I am of the opinion that, yeah, sitting and drafting those three first rounders, if you're not going to go in this quarterback class, I would recommend getting more picks out of it. This is from TM at two one one
0: three ninety. Remember when I used to do that? Uh, that's what my mom's name. Yeah, I'm not doing it again, but I, I think it was funny. You pretty much did. My, I missed your that. fake ID segment. We did run the fake ID segment last season. I like that segment too, especially as a Georgia fan. Thoughts on Jalen Carter, Brock Bowers, Lad McConkey? That name's incredible. Kale Ringo, incredible. Who are some of your top 2023 20, guys in general? So the fake ID segment, if you're a new listener to the tailgate podcast in season, we would run a fake ID segment where you're an underclassman, but we're letting you into the bar because you're so talented. That's why he's highlighting some of these underclassmen for Georgia, Jalen Carter, defensive end, Brock Bowers, the tight end, Lad McConkie receiver. I do not know who Kelly Ringo is. Who are some of the top 23 guys for you in general?
1: Yeah. So actually I screwed up and meant to go watch Kelly Ringo. I'll get to him next week. Never get, got back and watched him, but I will say this Jalen Carter he might be the best defensive tackle in the country, like, right now of all. Wow. That guy is, to me, he's the best defensive tackle on that team. Uh, obviously, there's not a great defensive tackle class coming out um, in the class. Brock Bowers, we had an argument in the PFF office about whether he should win the Mackey or not. Tight end award. Which is the tight end award. We are of the opinion, Trey McBride. Now, I'm not going to argue too much. Brock Bowers is a dude. He is absolutely – he is the only tight end in the country, in my opinion, that can touch Michael Mayer in terms of talent. They are neck and neck in terms of receiving ability. Brock Bowers is a better athlete. A little bit undersized. He's going to get bigger. He is going to be – I would say he's athletic enough that I bet he goes first round when he does end up coming out. So big fan of his. Uh, Lad McConkie, actually, I haven't watched either. That's on me. I was meant to go back and watch. we got to go back watch, and watch into two of the fucking best
0: names in college football, Lad McConkey yeah. so and we'll Kelly Ringo. Next week. So They're guys, hot.
1: Yeah, we'll leave that. We'll leave the second half of that question for next week. That's on me.
0: This is from Obungaloo. We know on Apple Podcasts, we know RBs don't matter, but there are few QB, few Qs. On, here are a few Qs on them, questions. Top five running backs right now, what are the most important traits does running Do running backs matter more in college? And thoughts on some of the younger running backs in college, B. John Robinson, Tank Bixie, etc. et cetera. Who
1: are your top five? Okay, top five running backs. I think he means NFL. Yeah, he does. Okay, I'm going NFL, because then he goes to college. Yeah, he does. He does mean NFL. All right. Obungaloo, I know Obungaloo like the back of my head. Nick Chubb. No order here, but this is the best five. Nick Chubb, Derrick Henry, Jonathan Taylor, Dalvin Cook, Chris McCaffrey. That's top five. Now, obviously, you got injuries, whether it's with McCaffrey, now Dalvin. Derek Henry, I'm nature of the position, so it's fl- fluid. But I think, assuming health, those are the top five, whatever order. I'm not going to do the order right now. But I will say Tony Pollard, Aaron Jones, Cream Hunt, all all close. To Where's that. Kamara? Kamara's close to that top five too. Okay. I wouldn't put him in the top five. I don't think he has.
0: What about Quorrell Patterson?
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, just no. All right. Uh, I would put most Hunt. I would consider Cream Hunt or some of those guys too, for sure. Yeah, I think Cream Hunt and actually Alan Kamara are very close. In terms of just like skill wise, whereas like neither is a true home run hitter, mm-hmm. but man are they they break tackles just at an elite rate. Um, whereas I think all the other guys in this list, I think everyone was four five and below, like low four five and below. McCaffrey, Dalvin, Dalvin ran like, slow too because of like jump. injury, right? Like his yeah, career, yeah. but he, even slow for him was like I think four or five. Uh, all right, so most important trait just burst. Is for my money the most important trait, like size, burst, combination. Are you big and can you start? You scoot, yeah. Can you can you get it moving fast? Because that is what a running back has to do. They have to be from standstill and then get up full speed as quickly as possible. So that's a, that's the biggest one, and then balance after that, which would be elusiveness, breaking tackles, contact whatever. balance, contact balance. There you go. Those are the two most important ones. Does running back matter more in college? Yes, a lot more, and, and I think it's because try to to describe this to someone a little while back but it's like the athlete the the it's the athlete gap in college linebackers will run four eights and be good college linebackers so if you are like if you are four nines yeah like if you are a guy who runs a four five at running back and your backup runs a four seven like that's a big difference whereas in the nfl Slow linebackers on four sevens. Mm-hmm. You, you, like you, the gap is so much the, the, the razor thin margin differences that blocking and the holes you get are so much more important because everyone's at somewhat similar calibers of yeah. athleticism. <laughs> Whereas you can get a much bigger difference. And then also with the hash marks difference in college, you get much more space to wide sides of the field. So you are in space far more than you ever are, ever are. Oh my gosh, this went back to my-
0: Ever R, are.
1: R pronounced in my uh, speech impediment that I had as a kid. Um, we you want to talk about it? Couldn't pronounce my R's and my L's. Really? you with the last name Renner. Um, Renner? <laughs> when, no, it's Wenner. <laughs> Michael Wenner. Uh, I, I took speech till fifth grade. Pretty brutal. But I will say Austin's over here hacking up a lung. I'm glad I can entertain you. Um, but I would say, like, the wide hashes, you get space more. And so then that you get to showcase that athleticism also more. I also think that athlete gap is why at college it's not – And defensive ends, like, are running four-sixes in NFL. Yeah. Like, you can't b- b- break outside. Defensive ends catch you in the NFL.
0: In college, like it, it's so much more, like – like stopping the run is not the, a byproduct of having a very talented defense. Where in the NFL, it's like if you have a ton of talented players on your defense, mm-hmm. you can stop the run. Whereas college, you have to be more concerted effort to actually stop the run because you got linebackers running four nines and shit. Yeah. Sophomore, you had one more one more point here. Okay. For
1: younger running backs. Thoughts on some of them. This sophomore class is going to be a class of running backs. It's going to be the best since that the McCaffrey class, right? Which was McCaffrey, Fournette, Penny, right? not really saying much, but Chubb, I think as well. That was a loaded one. This is going to be the best one. Since then, Deuce Vaughn, Bijan Robinson, Deuce Vaughn of Kansas State, Bijan from Texas. I, I think Bijan's number one in that class. It, he just has an all-around skill set, has shown a lot as a receiver. I really like Tank Bigsby, though, of Auburn. I, I think his ability to stop, start, cut on dimes is special out a guy his size. Sean Tucker from Syracuse, Monster, his tweet game. Monster. No, his tweet game is monster. We Blake went over Horem, it this week. Michigan. Uh, I think he was the better of the two Michigan running backs this year, and as a sophomore. And then Dwayne McBride, the sleeper to look out for UAB. He is a dude, big two. I don't know how he came into UAB from day one. I think he went for. I don't. I don't think he went for over a thousand yards, but he went had a big freshman year. Was one of the highest grade running backs in the country as a true freshman, and like five eleven two fifteen. Like this is not a. Was not a. I don't know how he ended up at UAB. it's was a three-star and looks like one of the best running backs in the country. Right? So those are, your, those are your, that's your sophomore class. And like I said, it's a lot better than this year. This is from Soccer
0: for Life 10009 on Apple Podcasts. I love that segment on running backs too. We rarely get that opportunity. Yeah. Why isn't Miles Garrett a runaway favorite for defensive player of the year? I have, I was going to get on my soapbox here. <laughs> you want to look at defensive player of the year Look, go to go to Google. Who leads the NFL in sacks? Mm. That's it. Like that's it. Yeah. That's literally what's the conversation? You look li- who leads the NFL in sacks? Like okay, I wonder who's gonna win. Oh, T.J. Watt by two. Who's the favorite to win? Fucking defense player of the year, T.J. Watt. Like that. That's it. That's that's literally all the award has become. Who leads the NFL in sacks? Or okay, picks. don't say
1: has become, because that's never been. It's always been.
0: Okay, I'm oh, sorry. It has become. Yeah, That's what the NFL Defense Player of the Year Award is. It is. They don't look at pressures. They don't look at efficiency. They don't look at anything. It's, We're it's like sacks game. and tackles. Pressures
1: efficiency. They don't look at the games. They yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, not yeah, look yeah. at the games. It's, it's
0: literally just sacks. So, like, yeah. any questions like, why isn't this person being talked about? Aaron Donald is not even, like, top five. And he's arguably... What, a top player in the NFL, yeah. not the top defensive player. Yeah. It's it's disastrous. The, the defensive player of the year the defensive player of the year award is too. a disaster. It's a disaster. Yeah. TJ Watt has two more sacks than Miles Garrett. That's why he's the favorite. Case in point. That's it. Good
2: Do you answer. have an answer good to that?
0: Answer. question? answer. Good answer. Do you have an answer to that question? A good answer. All right. Cam Douglas, 06 on Apple. What should the Bears do in the draft and free agency? These are my favorite questions. What should the you know, What should your team do in the draft free agency? Those we can actually answer. Who? Why isn't this player winning defense player of the year? It's because he doesn't have enough fucking sacks every single time. Um, I put in here. I did that same thing I did with the Eagles and Giants. Their twenty twenty two biggest cap hits. Khalil Mack is worth twenty two percent of their cap next year. That's oh. insane. It's almost like that's like fucking 10, twenty players. Khalil Mack, Robert Quinn, Eddie Jackson, Cody Whitehair, Eddie Goldman, and Nick Foles make up, I think, close to 55% of their cap. So you got to make some moves, right? Goldman, Foles not having the impact that you probably want them to have on this team to be as paid, as highly paid as they are. Khalil Mack needs to get healthy. Quinn is great when he's on the football field. Eddie Jackson too. Yeah. But then you're also paying like a lot of like low value positions. Backup quarterback, Two interior linemen, so interior offensive linemen, interior defensive linemen, safety, which is still another position that doesn't have the impact that you need, and then two pass rushers that one can't, can't stay healthy right now. Like They're in a bad spot from that perspective, but I don't know if they need a complete reset.
1: Yeah, this isn't like a teardown. Uh, I wouldn't say that at all. Like I'm not going out and cutting a ton of players. I, I do think, though, you need to reallocate dollars to, one, not the quarterback position, you know, not Nick Foles, not Andy Dalton, and two, to this offensive line. They, they got to pay James Daniels in free agency. I don't think it'll cost too much. He's still only 24 years old. His best football is going to be ahead of him. I think you got to keep some continuity on that offensive line. And then if you are going to go shell out some money, and they will have some cap space. I mean, they have $44 million right now as it stands without cutting or uh, releasing any guy or restructuring any guy right now. I would go after one of the tackles. You got to shell, shell. shell, What am I trying to say? Shore up this tackle position. You got, you have to get, and obviously you'll get Tevin Jenkins back. That will help. (laughs) I say keep him at right tackle. That's where he played at Oklahoma State. Go sign either Tron Armstead or Eric Fisher if they're available. That's fair. Is where I would put my money. One offensive lineman, and I think that's kind of. It in free agency, I, like you would love wide receiver help, Are you going out, gonna go out like the track record of going out and spending big for wide receiver. It's not all it's cracked up to be. I, I think that you could either address in the draft. I mean, maybe resign Allen Robinson. I uh, obviously he that's a two way street though. He may want to go elsewhere. So in the draft though, when it comes to the draft, I, I just don't think be major players, and especially don't go throwing money. To the defensive side of the ball still, you need to help Justin Fields. And so if you don't, if you do want to spend more money on the offense, I would look for either to trade Robert Quinn or release him because you have Travis Gibson there playing fairly well. Yeah. Who could develop behind him uh for $17 million a year for the next few years? Robert Quinn's been good. He's not been quite that good and his injury history still scary. So that's what I would do in the draft. I think an ideal draft for them would look. Now it depends on who your defense coordinator is what the defense is going to look like next year because, let's be honest, uh, coach staff doesn't look like it's going to stay intact. Um, but I, the way the way is going, they're probably going to hire a defense coordinator in Vic Fangio mold in the new two-high mold, if that's the case. Pairing Eddie Jackson with Daxton Hill from Michigan, the safety, Ooh. would be awesome to me. Like The speed, the range that they would have in the back end is what you want for modern defenses, in my opinion. And then Max Mitchell. The Louisiana offensive lineman, a versatile guy who can play tackle or guard for you, could, I think, go a long way with this offensive line the injuries they've had. That's hot. You just rebuilt the entire Bears. There you go. Bears You should get back. the job. You should get
0: the job. This is from B. Wayne on Apple Podcast. He mentions your guy, Max Mitchell, from Louisiana, also a friend of the show. PFS number one graded tackle and friend of the pod. He knew it. B. Wayne's a freaking lifelong listener. Rate compared. Where does Ma- Max Mitchell rate compared to the other top tackles in his draft class does he project as an nfl
1: starter 79th on the pff draft board not bad. uh which could be yeah a that's rounder. that's Maybe. not that's not immediate starter projection but again he's a guy who senior bowl will be massive for him he's going to the senior bowl and that will with his competition level with the edge rushers he saw this year and texas being like the the game tape to go back to for edge rushers in Texas doesn't have great edge rushers, but that's the game tape to go back to the senior bowl is going to be huge for him. So I, I really do like him as a prospect. I think he could raise the stock a ton there.
0: This is from Jaron Benton with like seven ends. This is a long one. I had my AirPods on noise canceling during my wife's first ultrasound so that I could listen to this
1: podcast. <laughs> listen great to start this- to the review.
0: Listening to this podcast feels like your best friend's mom telling you she always thought you were the handsomest boy her son would bring over, over drinks. Listening to anyone sounds say like so-
1: this guy had an older woman first crush. I love this
0: guy. I'm in <laughs> love with Jaron Benton. Listening to anyone say something even remotely positive about Notre Dame makes me want to burst my own eardrums. I love that, and he still loves the show despite mm-hmm. you being a homer with Brady Quinn. What are each of your top five played in the wrong era lists? I'm a huge fan of Santana Moss and always felt he was wasted on my NFL team. Especially watching the guys now, if possible, please do not include players who are already Hall of Famers or were already considered among the best at their time. That's fair. Let's hear the guys who truly suffered at the hands of Father Time. Also, Prime is good. Prime is a good coach? Question mark. Yeah, he did well for Jackson State. Then Austin generally struck me as I watched every double XL freestyle in middle school and had his ringtone as Vans by the Pack. <laughs> so I'm generally shocked he didn't reference Behind the Same. I did not. Uh, no, I did. I did not.
1: You weren't a uh, heavy metal, right? I was, was a heavy metal guy all right so i have two i put together two teams one of so i, I obviously didn't watch football until i was, knew what i was doing yeah. you know i watched football in the 90s but i didn't know what fuck's going on for the most part i remember we got a new tv for the packers super bowl against the patriots and i barely even, vac- and I, shit, I don't even remember the, like watching um they won but I like early 2000s when I actually remember like quality of players, how mm-hmm. good these. So I'm going to say guys in the early 2000s who would be better now, who would excel more now, and guys who now would have been like names 30 years ago, like 1990, it. way back when. So I'm going to go with guys who, so this is the 2000s players who'd be better now. Santana Moss, he's, he mentioned him. I have said this one before. Like he got the comp for Henry Ruggs. I, I think he's his, so skinny. And I think, yeah, just the size, he was like thrown as like an X outside wide receiver in an era where cornerbacks could beat the shit out of you. Yeah. And that was not his skill set. So he was a speed demon with the ball in his hands. Like the RPO game and screens, he would have killed. He would have been Jalen Waddle. what he's doing in the Dolphins offense right now. That would have looked like Santana Moss. Next one here, work done. Great call. Work done with more space to work is dynamic I mean he was sick yeah split carries awesome. with TJ Duckett back then yeah. Duckett was also a fun player yeah but work Dunn was a 4 2 guy coming out of Florida State at 5'8-176 and still went for like over a thousand yards in what four seasons back in the day when like that never happened for backs that yeah, size he would have been in today's game I mean, it would have been he had very good hands. He would have been used as a receiver a lot more and was used as a receiver a lot back then, but he would have been awesome today's game. Obviously, Michael Vick. I mean, he was like the quintessential play in the wrong era. They probably ran they ran the most basic options with him back in the day, and it was brutal to watch. Um, with a real, the real the real running game, the way it's schemed up now with the quarterback as a threat, he would have been a terror even more than he was. Cameron Wake, and now the why I say Cameron Wake, and now obviously um, he ended up turning into a good NFL career. But it's because he had to spend a few years not even playing in the NFL. Yeah, yeah, Had to go to the CFL first to even make it because he was a 240-pound edge rusher back when that was a rarity, when people didn't want to see those in the NFL in the mid to early 2000s. So had to go to the CFL, prove himself, comes back. He gets a, a look in a training camp right out the gate. At least, or like, at least makes a roster nowadays, and then has a much more successful NFL career. Is not coming off the field the way he was. Like, if Jonty Gakwe can be an every down player, Cameron Wake Fair. is going to be in this day and age. And then I think there's two linebackers that I want to include here. One is Carlos Dansby because he was one of the best coverage linebackers in the mid 2000s, mid to late 2000s, and never really got his due because he didn't rack up tackles in the run game. Was not that type of player, but he would have been much more respected nowadays because of that. And then Jonathan Vilma as well. He's a four fives guy, uh, exceptional sideline sideline speed, but it was like two thirty in an era where not a lot of linebackers two thirty, so he would get picked out in the run game. But Jonathan Vilma would have been a lot, lot better today.
0: I think for the first three right, it's I mean even camera like it's like skinnier guy, like Just, skinnier yeah, size, more athletic, yeah, athletic. skinnier more athletic guys that were playing at a time where like linebackers were like two fifty five, two sixty. Yeah, it's like. Getting them in today's age where everyone's skinnier and faster and
1: more athletic, I think, makes sense. Then you want to go reverse era. Reverse era. A.J. Dillon is, like, the first one that comes to mind. A.J. Dillon at 250, six foot. I mean, he would have been. People would have talked about him like Bo Jackson. Yeah, Uh, not to that degree, but he he would have been, like, a 350 carry guy back 30 years ago, and rightfully so. Uh, Chase Claypool. I think with his size at the receiver position, when like a lot of slower corners played back in the day and a lot more physical ones, like he wouldn't have had to, the physical stuff at 235 pounds would not have mattered to him. And he would be cooking downfield against the guys that he would have faced back in the 90s, 80s, whatever. Claypool, I think, would have been far more, far better suited for that day and age. Jonathan Abram, I put here. But I'm not sure I like that because I'm not sure Jonathan Abram really succeeds in any era. So I think the guy I really <laughs> want to stay is Isaiah Simmons for a safety position because Isaiah Simmons, yeah, he's good for today's day and age. Mm-hmm. But he's a linebacker nowadays, yeah, yeah. and he has to take on blocks, and that's not his strength. If he was just a guy who could be side sort of taken out, he is just your strong safety. He's mm-hmm. just the guy who is the add on defender and could just run. That's, I think, the ideal role for him because his speed at that size, like you see him when he tracks ball carriers in space, it's insane. But he's not asked to do that enough, in my opinion. Like if he was just asked to do that, he could have been back in the day. Would have been a monster. Cameron Hayward for the Steelers. I mean, he gets some do now, but like three, four defensive ends back then had, like, I mean, uh, Richard Seymour was like a a household name because those guys had impacts. Those guys matter. Those guys were just featured more. Cameron Hayward is your quintessential 3-4 defense fan. He would have been a monster back then. And then the last one here, Denzel Perriman, your hitter at linebacker. I mean, just rocks people up. An, a monster in the running game, exposed routinely in coverage. Yeah. But he's going to make a pro run, bowl this year. Sure. Yeah, probably. Because I mean, he's the only one that wants to play run defense that team. His tape at Miami was incredible. Denzel
0: Perriman. Denzel yeah. Perryman coming out. dude was a monster. People are comparing him to Ray Lewis coming out. Um, last one here from Todd is boy. Todd is boy on Apple. How does Evan Neal, the Alabama off the tackle, compare to top tackle prospects in recent years, such as Tristan Wirfs and Panay Sewell? You're not going to put Neal in that
1: Sewell tier? No, I think he's comfortably behind Sewell. And I think I think he's even behind Thomas and Wirfs to me. Really? I think he's more like Jedrick Wills coming out, where it's oh, okay. like this guy's a high-end athlete. Up there, I mean, high-end physical tools. Um, it'll be very like it. It will work out, but like Thomas and Warps were already very adept with their hand usage, very adept in a lot of different ways. That I would not say Evan Neal quite is. I guess like from a grading perspective, they were far and away higher than him. Uh, their final years of college, and now Neal's played three different positions. That is was not the case for worse and Thomas, and obviously Thomas comes out and struggles year one, but. I, I'll say comfortably behind Sewell, a little bit behind Thompson, worse. Jedrick Wills tier.
0: I think that's fair. Yeah. Putting anyone in a worse tier right now feels stupid. Yeah. I think worst is a unicorn. That's going to do it for this week's. Podcast, An absolutely phenomenal podcast. Mailbag, trivia, some first celebrity crushes, some hot stuff there. Until next time, make sure you tune in, rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. Also, subscribe on YouTube. Subscribe to the PFF YouTube channel. Give a fuck about the show. Next time, Austin Gale, Mike Renner, Tailgate. Now joining the Tailgate podcast is current Illinois safety Kirby Joseph. Kirby, we're talking a little bit before we started recording. You're back home in Florida, finally. That's awesome to hear, man.
2: Yeah, man, back in the sunshine state, man. <laughs> I ain't even gonna lie. Like, when I crossed the uh, state line, I took the sunroof off and just let the sun just hit Let's me. go.
0: I am uh, I'm from Oakland, California I don't get a chance to go to California enough but I'm now based in Cincinnati, Ohio so right in the Midwest, I know how it feels man, I know how terrible the cold weather snowy winters can be so that's awesome that you're back in Florida Uh, don't want to spend too much time on your family and stuff like that where I'd really like to take off man is just how good this season was for you at Illinois for people who don't watch enough Illinois football, Kirby Joseph has been one of the more impressive players on that defense and you've been a guy too that has improved every Every single year of your career there at Illinois, 90.4 PFF grade this past year, playing over 700 defensive snaps, over 300 for the first time in your career. What all went into this breakout season? I know that's like a monster question, and I'm sure you could say a thousand things, but did it feel like a breakout season for you? And I guess, what do you feel like all
2: went into it? Uh, honestly, I feel like what, what came in, too, is like just a switch of my mentality, like mm-hmm. um I just um like you said, like I, I played like little bits and parts at Illinois and I feel like I just used those parts for my experience because um like I, I had to sit down and talk to my with well, myself, you know, sometimes mm-hmm. you gotta look in the mirror and just talk to yourself and I told myself I was like I'm tired of being average. Like um I'm tired of being average, like um like I remember like um I'll see like um, you know, usually like plays that would happen that usually People miss, mm-hmm. I would be I want to be that one percent that makes that 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 play because I was tired of being average. And it was just like like um something just clicked on my head and it was just like you know, great. And it's 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 fairly easy to be it's easy to be great, but it's hard to do the Had the, the steps I had to take, I had to really lock in, like um, get that, get from average to beyond average or even great or mm-hmm. whatever you want to say.
0: You, you broke up a little bit there, but I think you you hit on some really good points. I think being being good or average is easy and can come very easy. but getting to that next level, going from good to great, being that like great player that you want to be, I think takes some internal discipline but also just showing up. and I think you've obviously done that you know named the first team all big Ten, you have been very impressive for Illinois. but you know putting this season behind you a little bit, What are your goals now? I know you want to spend time with family, but what are your goals going into this offseason, right? How do you build off of this insane season for Illinois and take, again, your game to another step?
2: Uh, Honestly, um, just learning. Learning from the experience that I get. Like, every time I I go through something, I learn from it. Whether it's, like, a win or a loss. Like, I learn from it either way because I I, I always want to get better. You see, my drive is to get better because I don't feel like I'm at my peak yet. Like mm-hmm. I feel like, like I'm just, I'm I'm just naturally hungry. So like, I just want to be the best, the best there is ever. <laughs> <Honestly. Yeah. laughs> so like, in order for me to get like that, I got to train like the best. I got to eat like the best. I got to sleep like the best. I got to do things like the best. Like I got to just do everything that I can, that I possibly can.
0: That's awesome, man. I, I, I couldn't agree more, man. To be the best, you got to train like the best, eat like the best, sleep like the best. It couldn't, couldn't be truer words, my friend. Um, the the other thing I want to ask you about is your relationship with Coach Bielama, defensive guy. He's been on this podcast before. He has an energy, a pull about him. And I do think that players have kind of flocked to, and he's kind of been a big part of a change in culture there at Illinois. How much has your relationship with Bielema grown over the course of the season? And also what is it right now?
2: Honestly, with uh Coach B, I feel like I feel like I was able to understand the game more. Mm-hmm. Like never, never, never have I ever like had football one on one. You feel me? Yeah, yeah. Like that's what Coach B introduced—not even only to me, but to the whole team. To the whole team, it was just like um, football one on one. Like he taught us like the basics, and then that really under- that really led to me understanding the game, the game even more. Like the game mm-hmm. speed, like what what are what are certain teams' motives or, like on certain downs, or like what. Like um, he taught us what a waist down was. So like um, usually, usually teams want to take shots on waist down because they can, you know. And, mm-hmm. Um, so like usually that time that that's why I make my money. Like you want to go ahead and take a shot. Like, all right, that's <laughs> <Now laughs> my time to shine. You feel me? So, so that's 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 really what um my relationship with him. Like honestly, he was just a great coach. Um, he he he. I ain't like like he's he's a coach. He's a coach that. He's a he's your head football coach, but he also cares about your well-being. Mm -hmm. You feel me? Like he takes he takes care not even on like the people that are playing, like people that are not playing. He makes sure he makes sure that everybody on the team is treated equally. You feel me? Like there's no favorite, no nothing. He just makes sure that everything is done right and and like done the right way. So like that, that like he he installed um like uh, be be the best you. Mm -hmm. You feel me? Like on the field and off the field, and that really stuck with me. Because like um that's that's like development as a man, not only as a player, but like as a man, because football teaches you a lot of things on the field, but it also teaches you a lot of stuff off the field, so I feel yeah. like that was, that was, that's like that's like one of the relationships I have with coach B that like he's like a mentor to me like I, I could I actually genuinely want to learn from him like I used to um in the season, I'd go in his office and just talk talk ball, just learn about my performance how, what ways I could get better. So like that's just someone who is there that that has my best interests at heart.
0: That's fucking awesome, man, because him him on this show, I felt really impressed with like the the way he carries himself. And to hear that show up with the players, players like yourself that are obviously improving so much. I think that's awesome to hear. We were at Illinois, Nebraska week zero in that big win. That was awesome. And we got a tour of the facility. How much are you on that bowling thing? They have a fucking bowling alley right inside the (laughs) state. How often are you playing bowling? Who are some of the best bowlers at Illinois? I need to know all the stories there.
2: Man, I ain't gonna lie, we'd be in there. We be in there really. Um sometimes we be using it so much that it'll like stop working. So, <laughs> <laughs> so like they have to come fix it and stuff. But I say um everybody from Florida. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's, that's represent. <laughs> represent. <laughs> everybody from Florida. They you know we all could bowl and stuff like that. Um I actually remember Coach B taking us to um having a bowling event. So um see who's actually the best bowl, uh, bowler. Mm-hmm. Uh, i forgot who won but i know i didn't win so <laughs>
0: any any perfect, <laughs> any perfect 300s on that alley yet or is there is there no one at that good
2: oh no 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 i don't think yeah. we got no like that
0: no super bowlers
2: think...
0: <laughs> yeah no super if they, bowlers. you see some people throwing 300 you might have to take the pads off and go fucking bowl yeah. professionally that's some crazy yeah. you have to be doing it all the time that's amazing um Cool, man. Well, I really appreciate you opening up on B, too. I think Coach Bielema is such an awesome piece to that program, and to hear the impact that he's having is phenomenal. Getting more kind of to this off season, are there any you know specific areas? You no, know, I know you want to eat better and all that stuff, but are there any specific areas of your game that you want to improve specifically over the course of this offseason maybe spend more time in the film room studying, watching NFL tape, your own tape? I guess I, I would love to hear more of the technical side on where you feel like your game can improve.
2: Um... I would, I would generally say like what I'm what I'm planning on doing is just um making my weaknesses my strengths. Um like you said like um I I know you said this but I just put it like um, a lot of people uh I would say like I want to I want to like increase increase my size um honestly and then my my field of vision I want to increase and um hmm, I would say like uh just I I I honestly want more dog in me. Like I got yeah. dog, but I want I want I want more of a dog mentality. Like I, I'm always up for like um being dominant. You feel me? Yeah. So yeah I I say like uh uh tackling, you can always get better at tackling. So I, I put down on my list, I want to get better at tackling, I wanna become more physical. Well I am gonna I'm not want to, but I want to. Uh I, I need to become more physical. Yeah.
0: I think that where that shows up to is just reps, right? Like being comfortable hitting at a certain power, being comfortable tackling and getting more reps and more opportunities doing that. I know watching your film, there are a handful of runs where you come down pretty fast, come downhill pretty fast, taking on some outside runs, being the first to contact. I think you have a lot of that dog in you already, but there's no shame in trying to add more dog to it. But I think where some of your most impressive plays on tape for me, and I think you kind of mentioned this on the waist downs, is limiting the big play. And when you play as much deep safety as you do at Illinois, something that's so impressive is that you never let them get you over the top and they never never let you beat deep keep things in front of you play the speed game and all that stuff i think your football iq has improved so much and you limiting the big play has improved so much in the time that you've had in illinois so it's been impressive tape to watch for sure uh do you ever have time to watch tape on nfl guys is that something you do in the off season if so are there some safeties that you really like in the nfl that you want to cater your game after
2: um really really this this is my mentality behind that I, I honestly honestly um I watch the safeties but I don't watch them so I can be them. I watch them so I can be better than them because I wanna be the best. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I wanna be the best. So I look at the I look at the upsides, but I also look at the downsides and see like what stuff that maybe I can improve on so I can be better than that person. Mm-hmm. Or like um maybe maybe he um maybe he he, he thought a route was coming this way. I got to see why he thought that route was coming this way. So when I see that route, then I'll be able to break on it and I can make the play because that's yeah. what I want.
0: I got one more question for you and let you go, Kirby. I really appreciate the time. Something that I've seen again on your tape, and I feel you, you'll, you'll, you'll take to this as well, is that you've become a leader on this team, a leader on that side of the ball, a leader on this team. And I'm sure that shows up on and off the field. Can you speak to your leadership style or what you've done to step into that leadership role for Illinois?
2: Uh, I would say, honestly, it just, it just came down to like, um, my past, you know, um, in the past, you know, Illinois hasn't been doing as, as, as what we wanted to. So like, um, like the past people, like Bailey Harden hard and like, he really stuck out to me. Mm-hmm. Like even Jake Hanson, like he installed like many, many stuff in my, my head. It's just like, if you, if you honestly want to win and you also honestly want to be great, you got to make sure the people around you are great. Yeah. So. If 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 one of my if one of my um, if one of my teammates don't know what's going on, then it's my job to make sure make sure that he knows what's going on and make sure he's right because that one that team is gonna find that one fish. You feel me? And I don't want yeah. none of my people you know, to be that one fish. So I'm gonna make sure that person knows what we're going on before the game even starts, so we can all be on the same page. Because when we're on the same page, nobody can no nobody can beat us. I think honestly. that's
0: it. A- that's a phenomenal mentality, right? Like, if you want to be the best, everyone around you has to be the best. You can't do anything by yourself, especially not in football. I think that's something that all you know leaders in this game should take to heart. Kirby, this was fucking awesome. I really appreciate you jumping on the show uh, and, and joining this podcast. I wish you the best of times with your family down there in Florida, and I wish you a fantastic offseason. Thanks again.
2: All right. Thank you, too. Thanks for having me.